So, hi. This podcast is recorded in a house with animals, most of whom are not in the room right now, but that could change because at least one of the cats has been just demanding. I'm so hungry. He's the biggest cat. He's number one cat. And if there isn't exactly four scoops or more of food in his bowl, he is all up in your grill. So that's a thing that sort of happened. So noises and interruptions like that happen. The other thing to mention is that we swear. Oh, do we ever. And while this is not a podcast of, and I'm using air quotes, adult nature, we try to keep things to around PG-13, and so if you're offended by strong language, you might not wish to listen. That much being said, hey, uh, welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 99. This is it. Woo! The the, uh, next to last episode in year two. And it's not, this doesn't mean that the, the podcast is ending. It's no. not the next last episode. It's the period exclamation of year yeah. two. It's the next last. Yeah. You're right. So, uh, next week. You said that you said the year two quietly, and I wanted to make oh, sure okay. no one yeah, yeah, panicked. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Uh, but next week, uh, I'm going to have an interview with me. You'll have to ask me my seven questions so that we can check and see how things have changed in the last year. When do you get back from your trip? Uh, the week after. So we're going to record probably later this week. <laughs> okay. Busy week. All Busy right. week. Yeah, I started my new job today. It's Tuesday. I have a concert on Wednesday, and we normally would record on Wednesday, but it's Tuesday, and we're recording a little early. Also, it's Ursula's birthday. Yes, I Happy am 32 birthday, today. Aw. You are. And, uh, you know, I'm just really happy that I planned ahead and bought the Bone Box subscription. <laughs> I got a coyote skull this time. Yeah, really. It makes planning ahead in something like this. I mean, you talk about how it's always hard to find the right gift for someone. And a lot of people leave it to the last minute because they don't want to deal with that stress. If you can find something like a subscription box service of something that person loves and get that for them, you cover all the bases. At least that's that's our agreement, is that you... I renew your subscription to Poultry Press. And I, yeah, and I keep the bone boxes coming. I don't have to worry about Christmas or your birthday or our anniversary. And I should say, I am someone who is completely checked out of gift giving. <laughs> um, I have just basically declared a, I am done. I This is not a skill set I have. Everyone gets gift cards now. If I am at a convention and I see something that's the animal that I know you like, I will be like, yeah, I got you a thing, but I won't like hold it till Christmas or anything. I'll just be like, hey, I got you a thing. Uh, yeah. It's, I can't do it. It's too much. Like, it, it, I am very bad with linear time. And uh, the, the example I was actually talking about today on Twitter was I now remember Kevin's birthday by virtue of my friend Talia texting me a couple days in advance. And despite having been divorced for nearly 40 years, my mother and father call me to remind me of the other person's (laughs) birthday because they know what I'm like. And it was that, I think, that eventually I realized... they know, my family knows what I'm like oh, yeah. and has made a mental note of this to the extent that they know I am shit with linear time. All right. I, <laughs> I know exactly where your boundaries are about 200 years in the past and everything goes to shit. I can make 400. You can make 400. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, everything happened all at once. You say this to a historian, they get the twitchies. Oh, I'm like, God, no, I ever. know they it didn't. I'm just saying in my head, Jesus, Vikings, Egyptians, agriculture, every Chinese dynasty, they're all together. At the This happened at a long time ago. And I have no, I, there's no like like grid. The only time yeah. I've ever visualized it successfully was when a friend of mine had this book that had there was just a massive fold out timeline of oh, history. Oh yeah, yeah. And the Roman Empire lasted forever. Oh yeah. Like yeah. that's the thing that no one ever I th- that I never conceived of because it it was just numbers, but. Uh, like I saw it, and it, the the fold out covered the entire living room, 
and I could kneel on the Roman Empire and put out both my hands and not cover the Roman Empire. And that was just Rome, not the Holy Roman Empire, just Rome. Yeah, no, um, uh, there, yeah. there are just these vast swaths of time that are kind of incomprehensible, like lunchtime, only doubly so. No, wait, yes, that's no, double no, sum. but that's but, the problem. Yeah. I, as far as I am concerned... I may have been born in the Viking era. I have no, <laughs> like, Jesus and I may be contemporaries. I don't know, because that was all just so long ago. You're like, friends of ours are, like, planning out a trip where, like, okay, so we would be shooting for 2026 or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, it's awesome that you're thinking of this. Just tell me when you were closer and you want to check because I can't, mm -hmm. I can't do this. Like, you know, people are like, uh, can you, you know, set this up next year? I don't know. That's next year. That's you, usually, another country. Usually you have to talk to, they, you, you talk to Kevin <laughs> is what you say. Talk yes. to, and I start putting it on the calendar. Yeah. And sometimes that's the only way to make sure we don't have conflicts. Yeah. It's, I, you know. the, and the thing is to 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 pull this back to what I was trying to right. explain and and coping with my complete inability to cope with time has basically meant that I have solid anxiety because anxiety is how I cope with is apparently my primary coping mechanism well, yeah, for yeah. what is probably ADD. Sergey, please don't touch. Which me. is yeah, here I'm moving the keyboard so you don't yeah. If I'm anxious about the date like if I know Something is upcoming, like travel. Once it is in my head that on X date, and it has to be within about two weeks, yep. we will be going somewhere. I laser-like focus on you that do. thing happening in two weeks. I will pack for it two weeks early, if uh, I can. Uh, you almost started packing a month early for China. Yeah, it's because uh, that's, you know, I developed this intense anxiety about it, and... Now, I'm not it's, saying it, in that particular case, the prepacking was a bad idea. I At first, I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe she wants to start packing this far out. But honestly, it helped us find all the things that we needed to get. You needed a sleeping bag. Then we had to figure out what to do about this giant sleeping bag. And new compression bags and everything. Yeah, yeah there were a lot of things. There were, there were a lot of logistics that went into it. That one was perhaps, you know, a little extreme. If I know I'm traveling in a week, I will try to pack three days in advance. Yeah. Because that way it's done and I can tell my anxiety brain I've dealt with it. But yeah, it's, it's, there's, my coping mechanisms are flawed. And it, anyway, as I was trying to get around... Realizing that my family knew what I was like and had workarounds mm -hmm, in place mm -hmm. and they had both sort of come to this independently <laughs> made me realize that maybe I wasn't just, you know, a doofus and a terrible person who doesn't care about other people enough to remember their birthdays. Like, because ah. uh, I want to say this is probably largely female thing. If you're a dude and you forget someone's, if you're, you forget your wife's birthday, you are probably screwed, but also, you know, in the conventional wisdom, but... Also, oh, ha, ha, he forgot our anniversary again. You know, he went bowling, whatever. Right, it's it's right. it's a sitcom joke. Women are expected to do the emotional labor of remembering all the birthdays and whatnot. And, yeah. Yeah. I do not do that emotional labor. I That is not something I am equipped for. I have checked out of it. And part of it, it on the gift giving, again, mm -hmm. I have also checked out. I will get you a gift card. I, I If you're a person I like... And I see something you'd like, I will get it for you. Other than that, you're getting a gift card because, and it sounds horrible to say I do not care enough to shop for you, <laughs> but like, uh, why? You, you don't How? have the brain for it. Yeah, you, you don't. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I am not going to wander around playing telepath to figure out what you like and i realized that there should be a you should have observed them closely enough over the last year to know what they like jesus christ people we've all got a lot going on just tell me what you want or better yet i'll give you 50 bucks and you can buy it for yourself yeah i know i i know some people uh mostly women yeah. uh but some people who will start their gift buying for christmas in august Right, yeah, I, I don't know. They they start planning the list. They start doing now. These are often the 
people who do the big Christmases and have smaller kids. As my kids have gotten older, I've found that they appreciate the gift card a hell of a lot more. Oh, yeah. A, a gift card and, like, a pair of socks than me going to great pains to find that perfect thing. Because there's very rarely a perfect thing anymore. Right. It's like, or the perfect thing is a laptop. Yes. It's not yeah. the, you know, the Millennium Falcon. It's it's like Jacob wanted a new computer this time around, and he didn't want just a new laptop because he was burning through laptops at a pretty incredible rate. Apparently, this is a teenager problem. I've heard from several of my colleagues that it's like, yes, they get them a new laptop and then they've burned it out or they've they've abused it so much, not even like dropping it or things, playing fucking games, <laughs> right? Like I was talking to, to Jacob uh, in the car on the drive back from his mom's house yesterday and... He's like, I figured out what happened to the laptop. Or maybe it was on the way home from school last week. Either way. He's like, I figured out what happened to the laptop. I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, I burned out the GPU. He overheated it to the point where the, the secondary graphics processor, the one that did the fancy stuff on the big screens and stuff, burned out. That laptop wasn't even two years old. So this time around, you know, got him the big tower with all the replaceable parts and all that sort of thing. And it, it wasn't inexpensive, but that also, again, covered me for, like, his birthday and <laughs> Christmas and the fact that he's been on the AB Honor Roll pretty much all year this year. By the Good way, for yeah, he's been on the AB Honor Roll all year. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, th but that's the thing. It's like when he needs something, at, if if he has a, a an intersection of a need and a want – that I can do something majestic right now about, it saves me so much time and planning than well, trying to do it in the middle of, you know, in three days before Christmas, because that's, I am a very typical hetero cisgendered straight male in that I'm terrible at doing my Christmas shopping or gift giving until and, and about. this is the sitcom joke. Yeah, again. it's a sitcom joke again, but I, you know, I'd have, I, I am one of those people who on the 24th of December was at the mall going, crap, I got to get something for my kids. I got to get something for the family gift exchange. I got to, you know, and my brain short circuit. But I've kind of stopped doing that now that I have the internet. Uh, right. I, I, the thing is that I would be appalled to put anyone else through that for me. Right. So, and the thing is, I, there's, if I, if I need anything, I am in a position usually to get it if it's not, you know, something massive. And the same if I want anything, either I will just get it my damn self or I will look at the price tag and go, not only do I not really need that, no one else needs to get it for me. It's, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I have everything I need that can be bought and most of what I want. So it's like, yeah, the occasional skull is nice. And and there are people who really get into it and who see it as an expression of of love. And that is okay as long as you are with a a with gift givers whose expectations match with yours. Gift givers and gift receivers. Gift receivers. Yes, the, yes. The, you, you have to have the meshing of the expectations. I think because uh, you know I'm like, please just get me a gift card. My father and I met at, for Christmas, looked at each other, solemnly exchanged gift cards of the exact same amount for the exact same store bass pro if anyone was wondering <laughs> yes we and <laughs> looked at each other and we're like yeah we're related yep <laughs> and we were both happy everything was great we had and i i believe you and my stepmother just looked at the two of us we just like, looked at we looked at them and looked at each other and went yeah that's how it works yeah, yeah. okay yeah it was it mm -hmm. was very peaceful yeah anyway so um so yeah that's uh that's enough about my birthday thank you everyone who said happy birthday on twitter and whatnot um i really don't need anything if you feel the need to support anything send money to native seed search they're doing good stuff yeah, with beans they really are yeah so the other thing of course that happened today is i started my new job yes talk about that so yeah 
now one of the nice things about this company, unlike a couple of other places I've been, they don't expect me to hit the ground running on day one. They understand that it's going to take a week to get through the paperwork and the access requests and getting your laptop set up just so, and the trainings you have to take, the online trainings you have to take for compliance purposes and all that stuff. Plus my direct managers in New Zealand, which is also kind of awesome because that means, you know, basically at the end of the day, I can touch base with him briefly instead of having to worry about him like over my show. Well, it's not the kind of company where your boss is over your shoulder, but I've been places where your boss is checking in three or four times a day to see how you're doing, what your progress is, this, that, and the other. I I love having remote managers who, you know, are not necessarily time zone offset, but understand that there's a lot going on and that people operate independently. So this and week, certainly that's the environment you work best in. It is. It really is. Uh, this week is all of the... So doing all of the the labor that's set up with when you join a new company. Next week, I go off to San Jose for the new higher school. And I'm, you know, I've already been put in touch with on our Slack channel with other people who will be attending at the same time. Uh, I've been, I've already been added to the local Raleigh group that I didn't know. There were so many people in the Raleigh-Durham area with my company. It's been just really kind of nice, although my brain was a little melty as we got close to dinner time, because I'd just been through, you know, like two hours of security and compliance trainings where you can't just click through and take the test at the end. You actually have to interact with it, which is good because I needed a little brushing up on at least one of the subjects. I aced the one on you know, security, like, yeah, no, don't click the links in emails unless you verify in advance and all that. Check for grammatical errors, even if it's, you know, all the usual stuff around phishing and uh, social engineering and, and protecting the company's data. The, the stressful one was the one on uh, protecting customer data and things like that. Every company that works internationally now has to apply or not apply, well, apply is one word, but implement and adhere to the GDPR, the uh, Big Data Privacy Act in Europe. Right. It's massive, and a lot of it's kind of common sense, but if you read it, it's in, it feels really complicated when you're reading through all of it. So if you're a company that's working in Europe, this is a huge deal, and I think a lot of people will remember all of a sudden the pop-ups about this site uses cookies, and here's the GDPR compliance, and you have the right to remove, you know, to request we remove all your data and things like that. And that's just the part that most people see, not the behind-the-scenes stuff. And so whether I'll be... That, that was a cat. That was a cat. Whether I'll be handling customer data or not, I still have to be aware of that because the company has to be compliant and all that sort of thing. So it was it was good, but it was really kind of intense, and there's a lot of crammed into my head. The other thing I got to do, of course, was, and everybody goes through this too, at least in the U.S., was selection of benefits and set up our medical coverage and our dental coverage and our vision. And then once I had access to the system that let me do all of that, it was time to sit down and enter in all of the time off requests for the things that we had scheduled well in advance. Thinking, like you were saying, something a year from now, it doesn't really register. For me, it has to register because I have to go through that whole, I'm requesting time off thing. Right. And I did say to my manager, I'm really sorry about the pile of time off requests that I just dropped in your lap, but these are things we had committed to, you know, some of them as long ago as last year. And he's like, it's fine. We knew that going in. No worries. I'm like, yes. You know, there are some places that would hire you and your boss would be like, well, we're not going to pay you. Like, and I, I, every time I've done that, I've been like, okay. You know, I'm occasionally there's somewhere like I don't expect you to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, occasionally there's the sudden drop in. Uh, it was just announced last week that you're a special guest at San Diego Comic Con. Yes, and so I mean, of all the things we knew, you know, June of last year, that was not one. That no. one, that one was a rather sudden request that came in. I want to say early, early this year. Yeah. And so 
if I hadn't been planning on, you know, if I hadn't been starting a new job and they dropped that on me, like, this week instead of whatever, it might actually be a problem. But, you know, and the next round of things I think we've got scheduled is, like, next year. Well, I mean, there's there's the summer stuff, July and well, yeah, but yeah, once but once once we're through all of that, once uh, we get back from Bubonicon, as far as yep. I know, we are in the clear until next year. Yeah, and I'm for- actually really looking forward to that because I I my mother always says every time I call her up and she's like, "Where have you been lately?" and I tell her where I've been. She's like, "Oh, you always said you wanted to travel," and I always <laughs> say yes, and I'm regretting the saying that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but that's the other thing is that, so people know, uh, I'll be in San Jose for work. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll have any free time to do, like, fan meets or drinks or dinner or anything like that. Plus, my mouth is still healing, so... You can't really do it. It's there's, like, there's only there so much I can do. There's a potato bar. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, look, it's an omelet bar. Can I just get an omelet with some cheese? You know, or soft, squishy things. Crunchies right out. Although I'm healing really well this time. The other thing about it, and then after that, you have a family trip, really short one. And then we've yes. got Anthrocon. Yes. And then we've got San Diego Comic Con. Yes. And then we've, And then I think we get like two th- two or three we weeks. A couple so, weeks, yeah. And then we're off to Dublin for, for Worldcon. Worldcon. Yep. And we come home, we basically get off the plane, do laundry, and go to Albuquerque. We have like Two days at home. Yeah. And one of the challenges of putting in the time off with a fully remote distributed company, I mean, we have offices, offices, but primarily we're remote. Almost the entire company. You can work from anywhere. That's great. That also means you can work from anywhere, which, you know, means that I'm putting notes in like, if I, you know, depending on the schedule, I may be able to, to spend some time working these two days before Bubonicon starts, or yes. these days while we're in Dublin, we have a Dublin office. Oh, cool. I might t- and it's only like uh, a little over a kilometer from our hotel. You totally, you got to go to like, the Dublin yeah, office. I can and say walk hi. there in, in under half an hour. I no, I need to fill out the form that says I will be visiting the Dublin office on this day. Oh, yes. but it'd still be it'd still be good. And for any. I don't know what colleagues I have in in Ireland yet. I there's a lot of people and I have Not barely met five of them. Anyway, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you totally it's that. like when we went to LundCon and I spent two days in in the London office for the company I was working for at the time. Or no, that was pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> oh, when we went to Cork, you did a lot of remote work. I did some remote work. Yeah, yeah, I, I did some check ins and things like that. But it wasn't it wasn't the same. Uh, it's not like going into the office. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I did it mostly in the evenings when we were done with dinner and, hey, it was the U.S. was awake and we were starting to wind down. So it all worked out. Yeah. And that may be what I end up doing. Uh, we'll find out. In case anyone, uh, I should mention for fan things, uh, Orange, is, is Orange standing on the keyboard? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> couldn't see from this angle. Little Orange Cat is has come. Sergey is already on the table being like, yeah. hi, I am here now. Um, I will be in San Diego. I will be one of the guests of honor. I do not know my schedule it's, it's yet. It's a special guest. Special guest, yes. not a guest of yeah. honor. Special guest it, yeah. thing. The point is they pay for my hotel room, which is the only bloody reason I could go. <laughs> yeah, right? It's the only way to get a hotel. <laughs> yeah. Unless you got one like two years ago. Yeah. Well, I, and Reese uh, offered to let us crash on her uh, floor. She's like, do you need a place to stay? And I'm like, I, like no, I feel no. the love. I really we, do. We but, do, but... Uh, but no, that, that, yeah. that hopefully the con has handled all that. I mean, all if <laughs> if she wanted to ferry us back and forth from like a Motel 6 outside of town, I don't know. I'm... I, I'm excited about it because not only is it... Well, you've never been. One, I've never been, but we have a lot of friends that we don't see very often that work this con. Yeah. So we'll get a chance as... uh, Because you're a special guest and we'll have the special guest badge or whatever, we'll get a chance to do the get in early and during the day before they release the crowds and... Um, uh, will we? I don't know. I don't know. It might require me getting up early. Uh, anyway, I will have but, a, yeah. a panel on Friday, I want to say, mm-hmm. and I think that's all they're asking yeah. of me, mm-hmm. oddly enough. Uh, but 
I will, uh, I'll be at the Sofa Wolf table for a lot of it. I will yeah. try probably, hopefully do a signing at the Penguin table if they, or the Penguin Kids table if we get all our ducks in a row, but I will definitely be at the Sofa Wolf table. So if you happen to go to San Diego mm-hmm. Comic Con and want something signed, that would be the place to find me. Sofa Wolf is very generously yep. letting us hide behind their table again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> although this time I promise not to fall in an estuary in, in my only pair you, of pants. You, Yes, because you're taking two pairs of pants. <laughs> and an extra pair of, of sandals. Yes. Yes. I I was this this was many years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I went to San Diego Comic Con because I'd been nominated for an Eisner and I and it was I say it was smaller then, <laughs> which it probably was. It was still ungodly huge. Which means I'm a little traumatized now about how huge it's going to be. And my friend Reese, who who I let me crash on her floor, and yep. and I love her forever because I was so young and dumb. Like I was like I literally was like, oh, I got nominated. Uh, I have no money. My agent is forwarding me the. Actually, my agent bought me the plane ticket yep. because she said, you know, look, you have to come out for this. Yeah, yeah, you're nominated and, for an Eisner for. God's yeah, how sake. often does that happen? And as it turns out, once. Uh, <laughs> right. And re and I was like, does anyone have a floor I could clack crash on? And I think I said this on Live Journal, and Reese like came into my mentions and or into my email and said, you will stay with me now. For God's sakes, take that post down. This is how you get dead chained to a radiator. You yeah, know? and I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. She's like, oh, for the love of God. And- Don't worry, Reese. This is. <laughs> I still have to do a lot of that sort of okay time out now. And and she was she was wonderful. She mm-hmm. took me to the con. She took me bird watching at an estuary where I fell in because the tide came in and I wasn't looking behind me as the tide came in and I was just looking at birds and so I waded back out in my only pair of sandals and my only pair of jeans and they smelled like the estuary and also I cut my foot on a rock so I was or actually I tore one of my toes off so I was bleeding everywhere but then I saw a guy who had a scope so i was standing next to him bleeding while he id'd the birds for me because i hadn't known what i was looking at and then she took me to her office which even though because it was closed but there was a first aid kit and it was there it was nearby bandaged me up took me to the con and i still smelling of estuary walked into the self-wolf table and was like i'm very sorry i fell into an estuary and they were like Okay, but did you see any good birds? I was like, yes, because they're you know, yeah, my my birder friends, and they're, they're excellent like that. Yes, and yeah. it was all lovely except for the bit where my toenail was borked. But right. anyway, uh, I, I'm just excited <laughs> to actually be meeting Reese in person. Yes, and yes. apparently she's going to will me her car. Well, you will see her car, which yes. I I truly believe you are one of the few humans who will appreciate the car the way the car should be appreciated. I, Yes, I've seen the photos. It is a second or third generation, I believe second generation Trans Am, which is there. I have one. I mean, I I have two great loves in in terms of cars. I have my Camaro, which is like, I'm sorry, we're in a polyamorous relationship with my car. Uh, The other thing, I mean. You know how I feel about my truck. Yes, I do. So yeah, uh, but the other thing is that that second, third generation with the big, with the thunder chicken, the flaming thunder chicken on the hood, and the, the shape and the whatever. I had I had a fourth generation. I had a two thousand, and again, F body loved it almost when I. I test drove a Camaro, a, a rental in Minnesota the year before I bought this one. You looked at me and said, you, you look guilty. Are you cheating on your car? He was. I, yeah, no. <laughs> and so. He was having an emotional, like, like right? guilt complex because he was driving this other car and enjoying I'm, it. I'm excited to meet Reese. <laughs> I'm also very excited to meet her car. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I mean, you know, these are the things that, that, that keep us going now. And we've, we've gone a little long on this portion of it, but that's okay. Our interview this week is not as long as some of the other ones, but the first- And we are excited to have you meet it, although perhaps not as excited as Kevin is about meeting this car. Yeah, fair, fair. (laughs) But 
Thinking of exciting things, uh, I got a chance to talk to Wade Foster this past week, the CEO and co-founder of Zapier. Zapier is an automation platform where you can string things together to make them move more, to make actions happen as like you'll get an email and then actions get taken because of it or uh, you know a, a sensor goes off or a lot of it's around business applications so exchange servers uh the big commercial stuff there's also ifttt if this then that which i'm also a big fan of but their personal assistant didn't go hey would you like to interview our ceo and i was like yeah and then our schedules jumped around to the point where we were supposed to do it in January. We only just finished it last week. Still, it was great. And uh, in terms of helping remember things, in terms of reminders and things like that, automation is a big, big help. And we'll talk a little bit about that with Wade right after this. Hi, folks. I am here today with Wade. Wade and I have been like back and forth on scheduling this particular interview for, I think it's been like three months, something like that, maybe something four. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm really excited to finally be talking to Wade. Wade, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah. So I'm Wade. I'm co founder and CEO of a company called Zapier. Uh, we help people be more productive at work by helping them get more out of the tools that you use at work. So things like Slack, like Trello, like Gmail, like Calendar, uh, like MailChimp or Salesforce or QuickBooks, you name it, any of the tools you might be using at work, we can help you connect those, automate the things that you do between those um, things. So all the sort of tedious back office, copy, paste, plug-in data entry work that you're doing. Um, Zapier can automate away all of that. And and you're one of the few companies that supports Exchange without too much pain. Because that was that was like my use <laughs> yes, case. Yes. The first time I signed on to Zapier was like, I really need to transfer things from like Exchange calendars and it's so hard. And oh, look, here's a thing that'll do that for me. And it's been really cool. Yes, yes. Without too much pain. Without too much pain. Well, I mean, it is Exchange. It is Exchange after all. <laughs> so... And um, so how do you keep yourself organized? You know, I think there's a couple things that I do uh, that have helped me stay pretty organized. Um, one, I live off my calendar. So my calendar is sort of like the the thing that drives a lot of uh, how I spend my time. Um, I have a I have a. Uh, a, a remote assistant who sort of helps me keep it all in, in spots. So him, him and I, you know, sync up first thing in the morning every day and sort of at the beginning of the week, we're actually going over the week's calendar and sort of figuring out like what's the most important tasks for us this week and making sure that those stuff gets plugged in. Uh, and then I try and make sure that there's some gaps on my calendar that we hold off and block off that allows me to follow up on a lot of the things that are going on. Um, and then the way that I actually end up uh, getting things done during the week or what my to-do list ends up being is mm -hmm. I use a, a sort of um, an index card method where okay. at the beginning of the day, I write down the sort of three things that are most important for the day. And then uh, I draw a line underneath it. And then anything that sort of comes up during the day that needs to like that I need to address, I just make a quick note of it. Uh, and then at the end of the day, all those things under the index card line, I either do them myself or I delegate them out to someone on the team to help me get those things done. Uh, and uh, that sort of process, then at the end of the day, I tear the index card and put it all over again. So, you know, <laughs> what are the three things that are most important for the next day? Uh, that way, it just kind of makes sure that I'm always focused on 
you know, the three things that really are going to matter for me. And there's also a place then to sort of just have a quick log of the stuff that bubbles up um, during the day that does need to get done and get, get taken care of. So that's my sort of method to my madness these days. So, so at the end of the day, you're saying you, you tear up the index card. I'm done. I t- well, I don't tear it up. Actually, <laughs> I, I toss it over to the side of the desk and I don't actually look at it. But in theory, I could tear up the index right, card right. and toss it. Right. How, how big <laughs> is that stack? Uh, it's, it's pretty stacky now. Uh, I've been doing it this way. So I'm, I'm sort of a, a, a productivity, like, uh, explorer, I guess. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I've been this, this method I've been sticking to since January. Okay. So, you know, I've got a, you know, however many days that is a hundred, hundred days of, you know, index cards worth now at this point in time. And you've got a record too that way. So if you wanted to say, wait, what did I do? I, you can go back and say, oh, this is when I did that. Totally. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so, uh, okay, live off count. Sorry, I had to look at my notes again because the, the whole index card thing was like, ooh, I haven't, I, I don't think I've talked to anybody who's who's used that one yet. Um, <laughs> so when we, we talk about all of that, what systems and habits uh, are valuable to you building on top of the index cards? So I think one of the most important habits that I have is my sort of ec- exercise routine, sort of everything sort of cues off of that a little bit. So 530 um, is when I wrap up my day, every okay. sort of office day. That's, that's when I like calendar says I'm done basically. And I go either play racquetball or go lift weights 530. Um, and I usually get like a pretty good workout in, uh, enough to sort of tire me out, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit. And, um, after that, like get dinner, you mm-hmm. know, hang out with my wife for a little bit. And then I'm pretty exhausted by that point <laughs> in time. So I go hit the, hit, you know, go to sleep. And that's really important because good night's sleep is what helps me prepare for the next day. And so, um, usually I'm up, you know, six 30 or so, mm-hmm. uh, ready, like fully rested. I don't have an alarm clock or anything like that. Um, ready to go for the next day. And I think that then when I come into work, which is the most important thing I do, I'm, I'm well rested mm-hmm. and ready to go and tackle all, all the problems in front of me. And so that sort of exercise routine at the end of the day helps me just like exhaust myself so right. that I get a good night's sleep and I'm ready for the next day. And it, it, uh, it that kind of settles your mind too. Oh, sorry. Habit and routine. For me. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It mm-hmm. settles my mind at the end of the day because mm-hmm. at the end of the workday, there's a million things running through my head, things that were great, the things that went wrong, yep. the, you know, things that I messed up, like, you know, my mind's racing. And so having something that kind of can take my mind off that and say, uh, you know, sort of, yeah, like you said, put it at ease is really important for me. Yeah. And then in the mornings you wake up six 30 ish. You don't actually start, I guess, until about nine ish You're on Pacific time. So we've been juggling, uh, uh, your assistant, Sean and I were doing a lot of juggling on that. Right. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. So I like to use the first couple hours to the day just by myself. So I try not mm-hmm. to schedule anything before nine, uh, most of the time. Uh, sometimes I'll end up having to get started a little bit before that, but having that sort of first couple hours to just do work by myself to sort of get, you know, wrap up tasks, take care of things. Uh, I'm, I'm a morning person. So that, mm-hmm. that helps me out quite a bit. So, and the nice thing about being that early as I, uh, have done traveling from East to West, cause I'm on the East coast is mm-hmm. that it's really quiet. At those hours. I wish I could wake up. Part of me says I wish I could wake up that early on the regular for my regular days. And the rest of me is going, you know what? That extra sleep is kind of nice, too. I'm not a morning person. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, So no distractions. That's a nice thing, too. It really is. Yeah. Um, Any other habits or, or systems? That honestly is my sort of key methodology that I use. <laughs> Keep it simple. <laughs> and and even when you're when you change it up, like maybe you'll be done with the index cards and it'll be time for something else, you'll still maintain the the uh, this, exercise. Yeah, this is the one that's through and through. Nice, <laughs> really nice. Um, okay, uh, how do you decide what to do first in a day? 
Uh, so the things that are at the top of that index card is really what I want to get done during the day. So those three things, uh, I try and find a way to push the needle forward on whatever one of those things are. Um, so when I wake up in the morning and just look at the end index card and say, I've already decided, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day before, like, this is what's most important for me. And that becomes where I start. So you prep at least. Right. Yeah. So the, 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 at the end of the next day, right. Like I get rid of the, the index card and then write down here, are the three things for tomorrow that are most important. So in the morning, I don't have to make a choice. I don't have to make a decision on wh- what is most important today. I already have it. I'm already ready to go. You already know what's up. Yeah. Yeah. So between the calendar, the index card and a little pre-planning, you are set to go when you hop out of bed. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to have to make a choice because usually when I pop out of bed, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. And if I have to, if I sort of find myself like I've had moments or, you know, periods in my life where I'm like kind of, well, what should I work on? And, mm-hmm. you know, when you get to that, what should I work on? I find my, I find it's really easy for me to get distracted and go to things that are less productive. Um, so the prep work is really important for me to just wake up and be laser focused on that thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, then, um, following through all of that, what is the best advice or feedback you've been given? <laughs> the best <laughs> advice or feedback I've been given? Yeah. Um, that's a really t- good question. You know, um, I think one of the things uh, I when I was in uh, university, I sort of was unclear about what I wanted to do. Like mm-hmm. I hadn't sort of figured out like, ah, oh, this is a career path I want to go chase or anything like that. And so I just had meandered through undergrad and I had a professor who sort of said, hey, why don't you come be a part of this master's program? Like, I think you'd be great at it. Um, you know, we'll get you a scholarship and all that sort of stuff. So it'd sort of be taken care of. And it kind of was like just an easy default path for me to take. Um, And so I signed up for it and was going to do it. And, you know, I got a couple weeks in and realized very quickly, like, oh, my, this isn't what I want to do. Like, I don't like I'm not interested in this. And so um, I ended up going talking to my granddad, my granddad's lifelong counselor, like (laughs) usually pretty smart about this sort of stuff. And I'm like, hey, what do I do about this? And, you know, I remember sort of getting to the end of it and, you know, he kind of just looks at me and says, well, it sounds like you, you already know what you need to do. I was like, what what do you mean? He's like, well, you don't, this isn't what you want to be spending your time on. So you shouldn't be spending your time on that. And I was like, well, yeah, but I committed to this thing. And, you know, I grew up, you know, the thing I learned from a young age is that you follow through, you do the things that you'll say you'll do. Right. Right. And um, that was kind of the first time someone was like, yeah, but this isn't what you want out of your life. And this is a decision that you're trying to make for yourself. Um, and so the thing that he helped me realize was, you know, when you're talking about yourself, you have to be a little bit selfish. When you're talking about your career, the things that you want to do over the long, the long haul, when you're mm-hmm. thinking five years out, 10 years out, it really has to be focused on the thing that you truly are going to, going to enjoy and have some passion for. And so that was lesson number one. And lesson number two was, here's how you go talk to, you know, your professor and your advisor <laughs> and have a difficult conversation. Because that was the thing I realized I was fretting was like, I had made up my mind, right? Yeah, I don't want to do this. I I didn't want to let somebody down. I didn't want to let down someone that I respected and admired. Uh, And so I needed, I needed the toolkit, I needed the language to come in and, you know, have that conversation. So that was like the second piece of advice is like, hey, here's how to make the hard to call. But then two, here's how to, you know, do it in a way that's professional and graceful. Yeah, And a lot of people don't get that. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's that's like a skill set that you really need to be coached on, at least. It certainly didn't come naturally for me. It's still mm-hmm. hard. Like, you know, there's conversations where I know what the answer is and I'm still nervous about having it. But I try and come back to that moment in time and like, you know what, I can do this. Uh, it's it's everyone. It'll be better for everyone at the end of this. If we if we, you know, sort of have this tough conversation and oftentimes it's not that hard. Mm hmm. I often, um, it's, it's almost like the person you're talking to kind of already knows what this is. So the, mm-hmm. it's a lot harder on you sometimes than it is on them. Yeah. Many times you're actually right. They can tell your heart's mm-hmm. not in it. So, you know, while they might be bummed and disappointed, they also will get it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. All right. So I got two questions left. We've rocked through the first five. <laughs> um, so we have questions about success and failure. Which one do you want to do first? I like to give people the, the, the question, the, the option. Let's do success first. Success. All right. Do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not great at celebrating successes. You're not alone. <laughs> yep. Um, if you you're, are you a fan of that uh, Hamilton, the the musical that came out, I I have not seen it. Uh, and all this There's... time, I have friends who are crazy for it, and I am like the black sheep. Neither my wife nor I have seen it. We've been told it's amazing, and it's Lynn. Manuel yeah. Miranda and he's amazing uh but we just we just haven't had a chance. So there's this there's this track in it that's like, you know, why are you never satisfied to a certain degree? And then you know, that's what they talk about. And I have that a little bit with myself. So, <laughs> you know, as soon as like a a milestone happens or like a great thing happens, my mind almost too quickly goes to what's next? What's the next version of this thing? How do we get to the mm-hmm. next level? And I sometimes forget to stop and go, you know, and look back and go, wow, we came a long way. Like we did something pretty special here. And so I have to remind myself. uh, And usually it's, it's usually somebody else saying, wait, like, you you know, my wife or one of my co-founders or somebody saying like, Hey, yeah, you know, we just did something pretty cool. Uh, Let's go celebrate. Let's go, you know, have a nice dinner. Let's go do something fun. Um, for a bit, because I'm usually already like my mind's racing ahead to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got that out of the way. What's next? Yeah, totally. On the other side of the coin, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the comic artist, writer, um, and it's a webcomic, uh, Howard Taylor. Uh, I'm not. Mm-mm. No, he he does a comic called Schlock Mercenary, and he has uh, the 70 maxims of maximally effective mercenaries. Maxim 70 basically says, oh, wait, I have, he, he produced challenge coins with it on it. I keep it on myself all the time because one, I can never remember mm-hmm. the exact quote. And two, it's just nice to have that reminder with me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Failure is not an option. It is mandatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the option is whether or not to let failure be the last thing you do. So the last question I ask, how do you deal with failure or when you miss that goal? Um, so I play a lot of racquetball and there's this guy at the gym who, uh, when he loses, he says, you know, you'll sort of tease him about losing and he'll go, I didn't lose. He says I either win or I learned something. Um, and you know, it's kind of cliche, but like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's a really good perspective on failure. Um, you know, you hear this, you hear like sort of really successful people talk about this all the time where they, they fail sort of constantly, but for them, it's always a process. It's part of the process. It's part of learning. It's part of getting to the next level. And, um, you know, if, uh, shoot, if like Albert Pujols, the first time he got hit by a pitch, quit playing baseball because it hurt, like we never would have gotten to witness one of the greatest baseball players ever. Right. You know, he felt he strikes out all the time. You know, he makes outs two thirds of the time. That's what great baseball players do. Um, but he still gets out there and keeps keeps plugging away at this stuff. Um, and I think that's just a, like a healthy reminder for myself to to take chances, to take risks. And then when they don't work out, it's not that we failed. It's that, hey, next time we try this, we actually have new information to make this better the next time. Um, I think it's a really, really healthy perspective to have that sort of, you know, learning mindset rather than maybe a, a loser mindset um, about things. Yeah. And that's, that's, I, I, I'm finding a split there. The people are like, well, first I beat myself up and then I go and figure out what went wrong and move forward. Or, you know, this attitude where it's like, all right, what did I learn? That that whole sort of, um, I mean, I'm an, uh, uh, a Linux guy, so you know I've done live ops, so you know that whole retrospective. Mm-hmm. Okay, what did what well, can we do better next time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's a really healthy thing to have that mentality because it allows you to be sort of honest. I think more honest with yourself mm-hmm. about 
you know, hey, this isn't going quite right. Maybe I kind of messed this piece of it up. What, like, why did I mess this piece of this up? Did, was it was it something that I just didn't know beforehand? Did I not communicate with somebody very well? Did I not make a proper analysis of the situation? Like, what what went wrong here? And you're sort of just trying to, it's almost like you're trying to, like, you know, get outside of your body and, like, watch as if you're sort of like a third-party observer, just sort of looking at it and going, like, hmm, what happened in that situation? And, and how could we tweak this to make this more successful? Kind of a mm-hmm. little bit more of a scientific approach, I guess. Uh, you know, yeah. trying to not, trying to get outside of your own head on these things. Yeah, and it's it's sometimes it's difficult to get out of your own head. Oh yeah, especially on the things that are really tough, and especially mm-hmm. if it's a really tough situation, and you know you really botched it, uh, <laughs> and you know you can do better. Like those are the mm-hmm. ones that are the worst, where you're like, "I'm both better at this, what just happened, and mm-hmm. I really goofed." <laughs> those yeah. are the ones that are hard. <laughs> All right, um, so that's everything. Quick awesome. and painless, right? So, what do you want I to know. talk about? <laughs> <laughs> what should we talk about um i mean we've got what other systems have you tried you know funny enough i've tried uh tons of different sort of like you know productivity systems you mm-hmm. know I, I used my email as a to-do list for a long time mm-hmm. um it still creeps back in even <laughs> with this index index system uh it works fine for me because email is kind of a hub you know, I've done the sort of like digital to-do app sort of thing pretty regularly. Like I've tried the Todoist and Wonderlist and Checklist and like all these different apps. Yeah. For whatever reason, those have never quite, um, I've never stuck with those very long, which is kind mm-hmm. of ironic because like, you know, I love web apps and I love digital software, but for whatever reason, to-do apps has never really stuck for me. Um, and you have, you, you, you have one of the, the tool two tools to keep everything kind of flowing at your fingertips. (laughs) (laughs) I do. And I use Zapier for tons Mm -hmm. and tons of things, but not very often for my to-do lists. Um, It's just not part of that system for me. Hmm. Um, The, the sort of pen and paper thing is working really well. I think the sort of forced introspection Mm -hmm of my to-do list every day to sort of step back and say, what are the most three, three most important things and rewrite them down every day. Sort of that exercise keeps me focused. Uh, so yeah, for whatever reason, a lot of the digital to-do lists services just haven't, haven't resonated quite as much, uh, for me in the past. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I've really struggled with, um, so, you know, I sort of think there's sort of a couple key tenets of like great productivity systems and they're, they're really foundational, but they're mm-hmm. really hard. It's, uh, do you get a good night's sleep? Did you get a good exercise in, uh, did you eat healthily? Like those are the sort of three tenets. Like if you tend to do those things well, I find you're less stressed at work, your, your mind's sharper, uh, like those things go really well. I've got the exercise sleeping thing down. The eating healthy one is the one that's a little tricky for me, especially when I travel and I travel a decent amount. Yeah. Uh, travel's always so I'm hard. I'm still working on that one. I need a better system there. Yeah, actually, actually between um, uh, sleep and, and eating are the two really hard things uh, when I travel as well. Yeah. 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 Well, sleep is tough too, because if you're moving across time zones and all sorts of things like that, um, you know. When I travel, all three of those systems sort of break down for me. And you can tell I'm less productive when I'm traveling than when I'm, you know, at home in my sort of normal routine. Yeah. In in your your work cave. I have my work cave. You have your work cave. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just <laughs> kind of like this is where I get stuff done. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm outside of it, I, you know, you have more decisions that you have to make. And those extra mm-hmm. decisions sort of, they weigh on you sort of mentally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Um. All right. Do you want to tell us about like a little more in depth on Zapier? I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. There's so, I mean, if you haven't checked out Zapier, I think um, the place to start is, um, you know, go to some of the, go to the blog, go to our uh, app directory and check out all the different tools you can use it with. Sign up for it. We ask you all the different apps you use and we can spin up some recommendations for you. A lot of folks start with sort of like simple things. They start mm-hmm. with, um, their communication. Uh, so it's things like, 
how do we post notifications to Slack about critical information? Or how do I take emails that have action items in it? Do I send them over to my to-do list or do right. I send them over, get the attachments sort of like logged into Dropbox or, you know, Google drive or something like that. Uh, how do I automatically get events put into my calendar so that I don't have to, you know, do the logging myself. Those are places where a lot of folks sort of start. Um, and it gets their sort of mind uh, turning. And then as you sort of like get into the habit of automation more and you think about it as a way to sort of do things on your to-do list, your, your creativity starts to expand and you'll see people that take whole sort of processes or business systems that they have to do at work and they'll automate those. So for example, like uh, someone like yourself might mm-hmm. say, uh, as soon as this recording is done, uh, let's auto send it over to a service like Rev. Uh, Rev will transcribe it. Uh, and then when the transcription comes back, let's go ahead and auto upload the video to our hosting provider and get that uh, and then get the transcript automatically loaded into like WordPress. And uh, then we're ready already to publish the, 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 um, publish the, the, the episode. Uh, and so it sort of abstracts all the sort of like little to little tasks that you have to do to take a recording of a podcast and get it live uh, for your listeners um, that are important, but you didn't get into podcasting to do transcription, right? uh, to do (laughs) uploading things into WordPress. Like that wasn't the reason he wanted to be a podcaster. At least I'm guessing. Uh, Maybe it was the transcription part that got you pumped up. (laughs) No, I do it because uh, I I want an excuse. At least I do this podcast because we've got three total. I do this podcast specifically to uh, have an excuse to buy new office supplies that I've never seen before and (laughs) to talk to people about what what they're doing because it's fascinating right but yeah no transcriptions and all the uploading and all that stuff yeah it's a little time consuming uh but you know we we consider it part of the job and -hmm. there's stuff i already automate i'm a system administrator automation is already sort of in the back of my head but like my my wife who's an author she doesn't think about automation the same way totally it's a mindset Mm -hmm. like it's one of those things that you you know i think more and more folks are sort of you know, uncovering the magic of it, but it takes a, it takes a shift in approach. And I think the to-do list is actually a good place to start because so many people look at their to-do list to-do list and say, I have to get these things done today. But if you can shift your thinking from, I have to get these things done today to how will these things get done today? It sort of expands your horizon and you can start to say, well, maybe I will delegate this work to a person or Mm -hmm. to a process or to a system or to a little app. Um, And it doesn't have to be me that does these tasks. It's it's like, in a lot of ways, it's like automatic bill pay, right? You sit Mm -hmm. down every month and you're like, yes, this is, I'm writing the, or I'm transferring the same amount of money to the same account every single month. And then you, you look at that button that says enable automatic bill pay. And you're like, oh, I can turn that on, budget around it, not have to worry about it. Exactly. Yeah. So how do you do auto bill pay for more things in your life or in your job? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it's one of those things that like banks figured out because everyone's, it was kind of obvious that mm-hmm. like, oh, these are things, but there's a lot of other things in people's lives that we just don't think about often. We just kind of got in the habit of doing them. Um, or sometimes we actually haven't gotten in the habit of doing them and automation can actually help you uh, be habitual about those things. Yeah, that's the one that catches me. It's it's the the things that aren't regular but need to be done every month. Those are the ones that I'm more likely to forget or need to automate. I mean, I can't automate giving the dog his pill every day, mm-hmm. but right. But there are other things that I end up doing every day or every other day or something like that that I could probably automate away, and it just hasn't sunk in. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. Yes, this has been fun, Kevin. Yeah, uh, thank you, Wade. Um, and where where can we find you other than Zapier.com? <laughs> you can certainly find me at Zapier, but I'm also pretty active on Twitter from time to time. So at Wade Foster there uh, is a good place to follow and keep tabs on you know things that are happening in the Zapier world or uh, whatever else I've got. Right on. Yeah, we, we live on Twitter ourselves, so uh, I'm sure I will be following you there shortly. And... Uh, expect probably some people checking it out once this goes live. Excellent. Sounds great. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah.
absolutely fantastic. And uh, for the people at home, we'll be right back. thank wade for taking the time to talk to us it was an absolutely fantastic conversation and i know he's really busy and i it was fascinating to see how he keeps himself organized versus how many other people we've talked to doing it i also want to thank sean his personal assistant without sean reaching out and doing a lot of the logistics around it it would have never happened and it was just a great opportunity, and uh, I'm really thankful I had the chance. So this week's badge code is Zapier. I mean, it's really easy. I mean, you could have seen that one coming from a you mile away. You spell it for people, though. Um, Z-A-P-I-E-R. It could have been an X. It could have been an X, but it's, it's not. And honestly, try it out. I, I use some of their free stuff, and it's pretty cool. I don't know if I'm going to try some of their paid for stuff. We'll see. With the new job, I have an opportunity to automate things differently and, you know, streamline some things. I've already, like today, I had to set up my sane box for my work account because <laughs> drinking from the fire hose on day one, you're subscribed to all these lists and you're like, oh God, how do I sort through? Right, sane box. Anyway, I would just like to point out mm -hmm. that Sergey the cat has laid down in front of you, is rolled on his side oh, yeah. to expose the danger belly, and is just sort of occasionally stretching out and doing the, this is my desk. Why are you looking at me, monkey? That's my boy. So the, the whole idea, though, is um, with the badge code, of course, we issue Mozilla open badges, open format. An image that tells you how you earned the badge and you have to enter the code. And the code, like I said, is Zapier. And uh, that that that's that. Woo! You, one of the things I like about having you for the end segment is you help keep me on track. Oh, Unless oh, we God. go on tangent, right? Oh, yeah. man, that's that's <laughs> it's the blind leading the, the not merely blind, but wearing a helmet. Yeah, <laughs> with a dark visor. I'm, who's, who's leading who? I'm yeah. not sure anymore. Uh, and, <laughs> anyway, the the thing is that this is usually the point where I talk about, hey, if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash You can go to ko-fi.com slash ksunny, K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. I've put all of those options on the support page of productivityalchemy.com and if you want to support us that way that's great share like uh, tell your friends uh, i have several people who have say hey i do i would love to be interviewed for the show and i have to now that i'm starting to get work schedule things sorted out i can start responding to those so if you haven't got a response quite yet that's that's why it's happening and so all that stuff going on but the thing is you said uh, if you wanted to do something nice for your birthday give money to native seed search native seed search uh you can find it basically just enter native seed uh it's like a, a slash search but any of those will come up in the uh yeah a search is an acronym so it's all caps it's mm -hmm. Uh, it, it, it works with uh, native peoples in the Southwest preserving mm -hmm. ancient crops. They give away seeds every year, like vast quantities to uh, native groups, mm -hmm. uh, people on reservations, native schools, things like that. You know, any basically you want it, you can get it for free from them uh, if you're native. And they do a lot of work with indigenous communities mm -hmm. and farmers to try to preserve the old. Uh, methods of growing things and uh they're just they're growing they they save some of the the right. most obscure things like uh they had less than a cup of the 
uh, Fort Apache sunflower left, as far as anyone knows in the world. There was less than a cup of the seeds. Right. And they grew it. And they were like, yeah, we thought we were going to lose it. The squirrels ate them. And so we were literally out there like caging these sunflowers with bags over the seed heads to prevent the birds from getting the seed because we really need to save it. And now we, but, you know, fortunately sunflowers produce a bazillion seeds. Oh, God, so many seeds. So they're like, we actually have enough that it's safe for a little while longer. But, oh, man, this one is a devil to sprout. (laughs) And, And because I... And I do one of their things that's called the adopt a crop uh, every year. <laughs> and I adopted a bean because, you know, beans. beans but yeah. uh, although it was a temporary bean, which does not like humidity. So I had to send they send me seeds when it grew out successfully. But uh, uh, I had adopted the Fort Apache sunflower the year before and mm-hmm. they sent me a pack. Oh, wow. And they were like, we have enough. We can send these out. Uh, here is what you have to do to get this sucker to grow. <laughs> and... Uh, Sorry, I'm going off on a mad tangent here, no, but no. the thing that people don't really know uh, is that sunflowers are um, allopathic. They produce basically uh, poison through their roots, so they kill plants around them because they don't want the competition. So other oh, yeah. sunflowers can grow next to them, but they don't like anything else. If And some of them you hardly notice. Apparently, these hate other plants so much, they were like, it was nearly six months before the weeds came back. (laughs) They were like, it hated everything. It was bare ground under these. Wow. (laughs) So don't put them next to anything you value. I'm like, this is an amazing sunflower. Um. This year, uh, they uh, they haven't announced the adopt crop yet, but I, since I'm on one of their newsletters, I got a sneak peek. And they have uh, a red Hopi bean they're trying to grow. Ooh. They have they have 16 beans. That is the entire, as far as they know, this is the extent of this entire cultivar in the world oh is these God. remaining 16 yeah. beans. And they're like, we've we've sown it in a cornfield, which is where they usually grow. We are watching it like a hawk. And... And people who are doing that kind of conservation need basically all the love oh, yeah. and respect in the world. So if you want to throw money, do. They're good people. Yeah. We we don't need the money. Right now we're doing good. Yeah. Kevin Reist got has a new job, so mm-hmm. we are we are back in in the black. So yep. uh yeah. Yeah. But uh, and we think this is a cause we believe in, so yeah, you know. See now, isn't it better to have her ramble on about native seeds than to listen to me get all maudlin about how much I appreciate your support and <laughs> all that stuff? I mean, really, it is it is a much better thing. So, all right, uh, we're gonna wrap it up for this week. I hope everybody enjoyed the show, and we will have the big one hundred next week. Woo-hoo! Until then, stay productive. <laughs>